Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Well, it's that time of the week where we take a look at some of the stories from around the country that just didn't quite make the national headlines. And Breakfast Briefing presenter Shane Beatty is with me because, Shane, you are trawling through the papers from early morning every single day. What have you picked up on this week? Good afternoon. Yeah, we'll go to Wicklow first, where the Bray People is reporting that the Wicklow Group, together for homeless, now it's been operating a weekly soup run, so they've been providing 250 people in Dublin with food, clothing, even bedding for eight years. But that group has been forced to cease its activities because its founder, Colette Talbot, says she got a letter from the charities regulator telling her that she was committing an offence, which is subject to a €300,000 fine, fine and imprisonment What's for the offence, uh, The term is accepting donations until it is registered, uh, until the application has been determined. So it seems like the group's activities a wee bit premature and she's saying now that they've had to cease operations, which Colette from Greystones describes as heartbreaking, the fact that yeah. she's now had to walk away from it. They had actually decided to explore the process of officially registering together for homeless, but then they got this letter from the charities regulator which said that a a concern had been raised with them in relation to the body as it appears you're carrying out an activity which includes seeking and accepting donations. Now, they were providing 250 hot meals. They also had cutlery, sandwiches, rolls, fresh fruit, yogurts, biscuits, crisps, water, all that stuff. However, they've now told the charities regulator that Together for Homeless no longer exists and they're not seeking charity status. And the fine was, what, about 300,000? Yeah, uh, 300,000 and imprisonment for a term not exceeding 10 years. So it is definitely taken seriously. Maybe a lesson to others who want to set up some charitable work just to make sure that you're fully registered. First. Okay. Um, from, from Wicklow to Louth, and it's the issue of vaping. Yeah, it's making the headlines there. I mean, just amazing. Vaping seems to come up across the local papers every single week. So this week, the Argus is reporting that there are growing concerns that young people in Dundalk are putting themselves in danger by vaping psychoactive cannabis liquid and THC. So it's not the raspberry flavoured vapes anymore. This is your THC and your cannabis liquid. The issue was highlighted recently on the Dundalk Dolls Facebook page with mothers warning that teenagers were buying refills containing THC or Spice, which I'd never heard of, through Snapchat. That's where they're buying it. And uh, it's a massive problem, according to one person who works with young people in Dundalk. It's destroying young people's lives. There was a time when cigarettes were the gateway to smoking hash. Now vaping, it seems, mm. is the gateway to liquid cannabis. So this is the problem with, uh, with vaping. Is you know people don't know what you just don't know what you're buying. Yeah, it still feels cases, unregulated yeah. now. Since last month, it's illegal here to sell vapes to anyone under the age of eighteen. They are planning further legislation to clamp down of it. But the danger is that uh, they are adding THC, so as I say, more than raspberry flavour to the nicotine, and it's a problem for a number of years apparently in Dundalk, according to Louth councillor Thomas Sharkey. There, uh, so it's not just the litter that's the problem mm. with the vaping; it is a problem for okay. teenagers as well. Ah, yeah, the hills of uh, Donegal. We're talking about my home county because the CSO have been looking at this breakdown of incomes, what people earn right around the country 
I have a feeling Donegal isn't going to be top of this shin. And no, not in terms of income. And really, this, the Irish Independent is looking at all the different counties there. As you say, the CSO has the stats out on wealth in different counties. And really, it's a tale of two countries in Ireland. So in Dublin, it's extending its wealth gap over every other county, according to the CSO figures. Dublin with the highest disposable income per person in the country. The disposable income in Dublin stood at €27,958. Disposable income? Yes. Now, do you want to know what that is? Yeah. Fast as the CSO says that this is a measure of how much a person has after tax and it includes any social welfare payments like the pension or child benefit. It doesn't account for potentially higher costs like rent or housing that vary county to county. So, sorry, so it's, it's the money you have to spend... After tax. After tax, yes. but but not after rent and mortgage. Exactly, it's, it's, yeah, it's all, okay. because that's different in different counties. So Dublin is high, Wicklow and Limerick also high. Uh, high. Uh, Limerick disposable income just over €25,000, but your own beautiful Donegal, mm. beautiful views, gorgeous county, not as much money though, because the disposable income per person in Donegal was €19,000. So 27 in Dublin, nearly 28 in Dublin, €19,000 in Donegal, and that's followed by Leash and Kilkenny. Um, this is why people at home talk about the forgotten county. Yes. Um, yes. And I don't think anybody at home would be surprised actually to, to necessarily hear this today. What will probably come up though if we were discussing it is the fact that obviously with COVID and look, people have a right to do this. I'm not saying they don't. But since the working from home, hybrid working arrangements have come in, um, you have now a lot of people who are working in Dublin and big multinational companies. They've moved from Dublin They've moved back home to Donegal. They've bought houses. They're living in the county on Dublin salaries versus people with now the lowest disposable expenditure in the country. Mm. And those two sets of people are fighting for the same houses that are available to buy in the county, which is, of course, naturally shot up yeah. the cost of housing. And it makes difference. It's a huge jump in Donegal at the moment. Yeah. And, and, and fundamentally, this is why. So not saying there's anything wrong with it. Yes, so if you're, but it's just the demand. You're from Donegal, living, working there. Well, you're, you're snookered because you're competing now with buy-in for somebody who's working uh, in Google. Yeah, living in Bundorn, who'll have a much cheaper cost of living in yeah. Donegal, and probably four, five times, six times yeah. the salary. Well, you're not going to square that circle. Then it is going to be two halves. Yeah. From Donegal to Kerry. Like every week we do this and it's another week of making us feel sort of unfit and bad about ourselves, doesn't it? <laughs> but I do love these stories. <laughs> so it's uh, in Kerry, the Kerry man uh, reporting on this. It's meet Kerry's oldest fitness instructor, Eric Murphy, who at 86 years of age, not only exercises every day, but actually leads the Keep Fit class twice weekly. So he teaches the Keep Fit class. He set it up uh, with Mick O'Dwyer back in the day. Right. Uh, Eric is from Carr. Sivine. It was set up in Waterville uh, many years ago. He joined the class to support his friend, but Eric says it remains part of his life to this day. Uh, by the way, he looks absolutely fit as a fiddle. Really? And he puts men and women from 40 to 70 through their paces. Uh, the reason he got involved also is he was drinking and smoking, but he's ditched the fags, ditched the drink and set off running. And if you want to do his class, you have to be able to do non-wage-bearing exercises for a grand total of 3,300 movements 
1,400 of which are on the floor. So he does leg raises to neck and shoulder movements, pelvic floor exercises, sit-ups Perfect. and even touching your toes. He says he doesn't feel 40. We're not even 40 and we feel 40 already. He's <laughs> More that it. <laughs> uh, we're sort of staying with sport. Yes, we are. And also staying with Mick O'Dwyer, of course, because Mick O'Dwyer used to manage Kildare and we're sticking with Kildare Gaelic Games for this one because the Irish Independent reports on a local row that has a lot of people talking in the county. I'm from Kildare and I'm aware of this row in recent months. It certainly has been brewing. The entire Kildare Ladies Football Executive resigned during the week. It's a dramatic twist. Local radio KFM had reported earlier that an emergency meeting of the Kildare LGFA board was taking place on Wednesday night. Speculation had been building that there was tension between the two parties. That's why they were hosting the EGM. And in the wake of the meeting, a brief statement revealed that the Kildare LGFA Ladies Gaelic Football Association executive have offered their resignations en masse to the county board. Now, back in November, it was reported that the Kildare senior team and management had sent a letter to the county mm-hmm. board. We covered this of a, time, He did an, an ongoing row between both parties over various issues, including the money available for the team and yeah. things like that for this year. A very successful team, by the way. The seniors won the League Division 3, the Leinster Intermediate and the All-Ireland Intermediate Crowns. Finally... Hello, Mountains National Park. Tell me, how long have you been walking for? A few hours. Well, you've probably been in the National Park for a few hours. Of- oh, my God. This is a park. Huh? Oh, it's so cold. The paper said it was going to be warm. It is warm. I know you're lost, but you do know you're in Ireland, don't you? Yeah, that's from P.S. I love you. I wonder is Lindsay Lohan's Irish accent going to be better than that? <laughs> yeah, so we have another uh, American movie being shot in Ireland. This one is called Irish Wish and the Irish Independent tells us that Mean Girls star Lindsay Lohan has fondly recalled her time in Ireland. I'm hoping she's better because her dad is from Ireland or her granddad is from Ireland. There's Irish links there. Probably okay. explains the red hair too. Uh, but anyway, it's set at a wedding in Westport in Mayo. Irish Wish was filmed there also when was Cliffs it of Moher uh, recently enough Cliffs of Moher and also in Wicklow at Kilrudry House uh, but Lindsay says she had a great time filming in Ireland she stayed in Dawkey that's where you stay if you're a big celebrity in Ireland uh, sorry her grandfather's from Ireland so that is the link to Ireland and she says that the people are so nice and the Guinness pies were amazing apparently never had a Guinness pie uh, same actually I, don't think I, I yeah. love that this is what she's talking yeah. about for, had from her time in the Emerald Isle and neither of us no. tried it I pre- <laughs> is that beef and Guinness pie maybe yeah I've had Guinness brown With bread pastry or potato I don't know who Listen, knows we'll know. have to find out I am nervous about the accent I listened to oh, PS I, I love it do you remember that they... brutal film Wild Mountain Time and it was all you know Twas he that kissed me and things like that it's just brutal it's not really made for us though it's made for America yeah absolutely we should look at the Banshees of Inishirin same. Yeah, I, li- I like that film. Okay, we'll have to disagree on that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great movie. Paddy Wackery and Diddly Eye and all that crack. <laughs> Shane Beatty will be back Monday morning, 6am. Thanks a million for telling us about the stories that didn't quite make the national headlines. Thank you. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.